Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Every week during the NFL season on Tuesday mornings, I am going to sit down and run through waiver wire and uh, streaming strategy for everyone who is playing in competitive fantasy leagues. So we will take a look, of course, at the big running back, wide receiver, and tight end waiver wire ads of the week. I probably will not cover quarterback all that often, sort of just kind of under the opinion that you guys can kind of figure out quarterback yourself. You can use the rankings on sportsgrid.com. You guys can look at all the stuff we have on Daily Roto and kind of figure out quarterback yourself unless – We get a Lamar Jackson in the second half of 2018, Ryan Tannehill in the second half of 2019, you know, kind of situation where we think that it's actually going to potentially be a league winning quarterback. So that's sort of our our philosophy there as it pertains to quarterback ads on the waiver wire. And then, of course, I will talk about the guys who are, you know, very low owned that are going to be streaming options in deeper leagues, guys we could be picking up in super flex and uh, so on and so forth. So digging into the really important ads this week that we have in fantasy football, Monday night, James Conner left the Steelers game against the Giants, didn't return. Benny Snell didn't really miss a beat, ran for over 100 yards. Snell was a a pretty popular zero running back sleeper this offseason, but for the foreseeable future, he is going to be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Jalen Samuels is probably going to be playing those passing downs. Eventually, the team is probably going to work in Anthony McFarland, but something that we saw in the offseason was Coach Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers told us Benny Snell is the direct backup to James Conner. You know, he is the grinder back in that offense. And uh, in the very first game, we saw that to be true. Snell, for me, is the top waiver wire out of the week. I think you can spend 30 to 35% of your fab on him pretty comfortably. You know, remember that every single week that passes, your fab budget is worth less. So that's very important to remember. Uh, Our next guy who we think is worth a big chunk of our fab, Naheem Hines with Marlon Mack out for the year due to a torn Achilles. Hines now gets to inherit the role that made Austin Eckler a rich guy last season. Hines scored twice in the Colts' first game against Jacksonville, but was also the recipient of eight targets. The Colts running backs were targeted 14 times in this game, and there were actually two other running back targets that were wiped out by a penalty as well. Basically, we're, we're kind of learning the answer to do running back targets belong to the quarterback or do they belong to the running back? Phillip Rivers is definitely showing us that it, uh, it belongs to the quarterback because Austin Eckler was targeted only one time 
in uh, the week one game against Cincinnati, whereas Hines obviously was a, a huge benefit, a huge beneficiary of playing with Phillip Rivers. Hines is our number two waiver wire out of the week. His teammate, Paris Campbell, is our highest priority uh, wide receiver at. He really looks like the answer to uh, who is 2020's DJ Shark. Uh, Campbell ran a 4.31 40-yard dash at the Combine last year. Didn't really get to play due to injury, but led the Indianapolis Colts in routes run. Uh, Co-led the team in target share with T.Y. Hilton. Really just a guy that uh, I want to get on my teams, and really I probably want to start him right away. You know, really, I don't think that there is, uh, I do not think that there is much of a concern of this being sort of a, uh, this sort of being a a fluke, right? I think that it is, uh, I think that we should feel pretty strongly uh, about Paris Campbell being a a real breakout candidate. Uh, Then Malcolm Brown is our next tier of running back. He was the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. He played 16 third down snaps compared to one by Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson each. He saw both of the team's carries inside the five-yard line, punch both of those in for touchdowns. Brown basically played about 60, 65% of the offensive snaps uh, in every situation. He's really a guy that we, he's really a guy that we want to be adding this week. I think my hesitation a little bit with Brown is I just don't really see him holding out all year, right? Holding off both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson for the entire season. So I'm a little bit less aggressive on the waiver wire with him. I think he's a guy you, you'd certainly feel great if you drafted Malcolm Brown. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that he's a guy worth adding closer to maybe 20 to 25% of our fab budget, as opposed to really going all in our next guy here, James Robinson, the best debut of any undrafted free agent running back ever played 68% of Jacksonville snaps was targeted once in the passing game. Chris Thompson played only 30% of Jacksonville snaps. And I guess our, our concern with adding James Robinson is yes, they just beat the Indianapolis Colts, but probably we don't expect them to be a super strong team that uh, is going to just, you know, really churn out top 20 PPR seasons. Like the fact that Chris Thompson is still playing a 30% snap share uh, is probably going to preclude Robinson from being like a legit workhorse, kind of the way that Fournette was last year. And so as a result, you can start him. Can you start him in a 12-team PPR league where you have multiple flex starters? Yeah, I think I think no problem. Uh, I don't know if you're windmilling it, but you feel decent about it. Then we have Joshua Kelly, who uh, played only 18 snaps for the Los Angeles Chargers, but rushed the ball 12 times on those snaps, including three straight uh, goal line carries where he got uh, he got a touchdown there as well. The coaching staff was very complimentary of Josh Kelly basically said after the game, you know, we don't think we would have been able to win that game without Josh Kelly. And Kelly, to me, in this Tyrod Taylor offense, seems to me like the ceiling play. Like I could see him, uh, I, I could see him overtaking, uh, I could see him overtaking Eckler to the point where you are miserable starting Eckler and you are really wanting to start Josh Kelly. Like you were feeling pretty comfortable about starting Josh Kelly. So definitely think that is something to keep in mind. Our final high priority ad is Logan Thomas played 52 of 70 snaps on offense for Washington, uh, led them in target share, had an end zone target that he converted into a touchdown and played 24 of his snaps out of the slot. Well, Terry McLaurin is going to even that gap as the season goes on. 
without a real number two wide receiver, I think we can expect Logan Thomas to be the second option in the Washington game, Washington passing game really all year. So in formats where you can start multiple tight ends or uh, where there's tight end premium. So Scott Fishbowl, uh, the FFPC main event, the football guys players championship. I think that we want to go pretty hard on Logan Thomas. I think in those formats, I would be comfortable going up to 25% of my fab on Logan Thomas, especially if I was going to start Logan Thomas. Now, if I wasn't going to start Logan Thomas, uh, I think it would be a little bit different, right? Because just anytime you're thinking about a starter, uh, it tends to be a little bit more, it tends to be a little bit more important as opposed to bench step. But definitely think he is a guy worth adding. Now getting into some of our borderline guys, Peyton Barber, you can play him if you want. Uh, he played 30 snaps in this game for Washington, had 17 carries, averaged less than two yards per carry. I uh, probably max out about 10%. He did score two touchdowns, but as the season goes on, we do think that uh, Antonio Gibson is really going to cut into his role. Next, we have Scotty Miller and OJ Howard. It's actually Miller who led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in receiving with Mike Evans banged up. And, uh, you know, it is Miller that's playing that Julian Edelman role with Tom Brady, not Chris Godwin, which many of us expected. OJ Howard played 53% of the Buccaneers snaps compared to Rob Gronkowski's 77 but he ran more, uh, he ran uh, only two less routes than Gronkowski and was targeted six times to Gronk's three. And one of Gronk's targets was really, you could tell, like they just were trying to get him involved because he's Rob Gronkowski. So I definitely think that OJ Howard is, uh, I definitely think that OJ Howard is worth, uh, worth an ad. Uh, our next guy is Corey Clement, basically just on the idea that Boston Scott banged up, did not come back to that game for Philadelphia. And we don't know if Miles Sanders is going to be back. I'd be very conservative on him. Another running back I would be conservative with would be Miles Gaskin, the University of Washington product, led Miami in snaps at running back and carries. I think he's a, a fine ad. Don't think I would really be super hyped to start him next week. Uh, so, you know, pretty conservative with him as well. Philip Lindsay left the Broncos Monday night game with a foot or a toe injury, which means that Royce Freeman is the primary backup to Melvin Gordon. We just really want to be short on Melvin Gordon. You know, don't want to be invested in his success. Uh, Melvin Gordon fumbled in his first game as a Bronco, generally looked pretty average. And we know that Melvin Gordon has struggled with his health, both in this training camp with a rib injury and in the past. Freeman is a pretty solid passing down back. I think a you know, 3-5% bid on Royce Freeman should get it done. I think that is worth doing. Robbie Anderson could be a huge beneficiary of this Carolina deep passing offense if they're sort of more egalitarian because every Panthers wide receiver played in between 50 and 60 snaps. Ian Thomas didn't really look like he was, you know, ready to be a full-time starter in the NFL. And uh, Anderson was only targeted one fewer times than DJ Moore. Eight total targets, a beautiful deep ball that Anderson turned into a touchdown. I am interested for sure going up to 10% or so on Robbie Anderson. We have Marquez Valdez-Scaling, who recorded 31% of the Packers' air yards, uh, had the beautiful deep touchdown. Uh, Alan Lizard was you know, more involved, played a little bit more often uh, than, uh, played a little bit more often, basically, than, uh, uh, than Marquez Valdez-Scaling. But MVS is better. You know, he's just more talented. He is faster. He's stronger. He is a, a better NFL player. And then our, our final borderline ad, we have LaVisca Chenault. You know, look, if you if you listen to this podcast and you don't have him already, what are we what are we even doing? Uh, he scored a touchdown. 
got his wildcat rush, played a little bit out of the backfield, played 56% of the snaps overall, was targeted four times on 20 passing attempts from Gardner Minshew. Uh, his ceiling is a legit top 24 wide receiver this season. He, he needs to be on your roster. A couple deep guys you can throw 3 to 5% at. CJ Uzuma, if you need a starting tight end, played 72% of the Bengals snaps. Think that this Bengals offense is going to be a little bit better than the market expects. Frank Gore, LaMichael P. Ryan, Trent Cannon, and Josh Adams. Look, take your best guess on whoever is going to win this backfield while Le'Veon Bell is out. They're going to have a little bit of value in deep leagues. Bryce Love is probably going to be one of the first guys to get dropped this week. So I would definitely think about using, uh, you know, if I had a good team where I wasn't really sweating, uh, where I wasn't really sweating my, my bench spots that much, Love would be a guy I would add. Then our final deep league guy, Dalton Schultz with Blake Jarwin out for the year. Schultz is now going to be a starting tight end for the Cowboys in tight end premium formats like the Scott Fishbowl, like the FFPC main event. Uh, I would definitely try and add Dalton Schultz very cheaply, kind of try and sneak him through waivers as it uh, as it were. So I definitely I definitely would encourage you guys to uh, I definitely would encourage you guys to go after that one. Uh, now transitioning over to streamers. We're going to start with quarterback streamers, and there to me seem like a couple really obvious ones. We have Ryan Tannehill, who is 45% owned on the on Yahoo Fantasy Football, so all of our streamers are going to be under 50% owned. Tannehill looks like a really strong option. Uh, he threw 40, uh, he threw 41 passes in the Monday night game, and uh, you know always does have a little bit of that. Uh, you know, always does have a little bit of that rushing upside that I think that we really need to pay attention to. And then even easier, Phillip Rivers up against this horrible Minnesota defense in a dome. You know, basically, uh, tech, uh, check down Phil uh, is going to be, I think, just a, a super strong option in any good streaming spot this year, especially in those indoor games in Minnesota. And then obviously when they play at home. Now, he doesn't have a, a super high ceiling, obviously, but in a and in a weird way, I actually kind of think that the, uh, I actually sort of think that the Marlon Mack injury is kind of good for Philip Rivers' ceiling because it's just going to keep them more comfortable in, uh, you know, in doing, uh, in doing what they do, which is obviously uh, passing the football to running backs. Moving to defenses now, uh, we have uh, the Tampa Bay defense against Carolina. Tampa Bay looked. Uh, not great on the road uh, against the New Orleans Saints, but not a lot of teams are going to, uh, you know, not a lot of teams are going to look that great uh, against the New Orleans Saints on the road. This is a, a much stronger matchup for them against, uh, you know, kind of that weaker offensive line. Uh, then we have the Cleveland defense. They're 9% owned on Yahoo Fantasy Football. They are playing a home matchup on Thursday night against a rookie quarterback, making his second ever start. He probably will only get to practice like once Joe Burrow. So I think that we sort of have to universally think of the Cleveland defense as the best possible streamer this week. Arizona gets the Washington defense at home. Uh, I would definitely be interested in them as well. Uh, I know like very randomly, the Kansas City Chiefs are out in some of my leagues. Now they're really high owned, but I would love to get the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers because getting Tyrod, you know, ch chasing uh, the rest of uh, chasing the Kansas City Chiefs down by like 10, uh, you know, down by 10 points, I think is going to be pretty interesting. Now our, our favorite spot, we're going to take a look at our, we are going to take a look at our uh, tight end streamers. Uh, you know, obviously it's never, a, it's never a fun position 
to try and stream, but there are always going to be guys here that we think are pretty strong. Uh, OJ Howard to me is the guy who immediately leaps out. You know, we just talked about him in the waiver wire section, uh, you know, caught the touchdown for, uh, caught the touchdown for the Buccaneers in week one, but basically seems like he is going to be their third down and red zone guy, you know, really not playing many blocking snaps at all. So he is our, our top streaming option this week against that terrible Carolina pass defense. And then a couple other guys for very deep leagues. Uh, Jimmy Graham looked way better than expected in his first game and was targeted for more often, uh, scored the receiving touchdown as well. I think that is, uh, I think that's probably a, it's probably not a great sign for Chicago moving forward, but it probably is a good sign for Jimmy Graham. Uh, Then we have, of course, Logan Thomas, who if, if you can get Logan Thomas, I definitely would recommend that you do that. And then Jordan Akins is our our final streaming tight end recommendation. Think that he is going to be one of the stronger options this week uh, as a streamer because we basically think that uh, and we basically think that Tech Houston is going to be behind that entire game. Finally, we have our kicking streamers, and I think there are a couple very easy, a uh, couple very easy options for us this week. So the first one is we have Ryan Suckup. He is only sixteen percent owned. In Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, my guess is that a lot of leagues that drafted early that are kind of dead now, uh, He uh, Matt Gay is still on those rosters. He's the Tampa Bay kicker. Really, we just expect them to, uh, we, we expect Tampa Bay to score a bunch of points against this terrible Carolina defense. So definitely keep that one. Uh, definitely keep that one in mind. I think Joey Sly on the other side of that game uh, is is another pretty solid option as well. Uh, then our, our other kicking streamer that we really like, Mason Crosby playing at home against the Detroit Lions, a very solid matchup. I think that we're going to get a lot of scoring opportunities for the Packers and for Mason Crosby. So that is going to do it for us here today. Quick and easy, nice and painless. You know, the idea is uh, give you guys a quick listen and have you ready to, uh, you know, just go ahead and win your league, make all the transitions that you uh, make, all the transactions that you need to make after listening to the show. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.